0: Are Locked on pack. I feel like we can run the table. What are we do? Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet in the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know what Why and how today on the show, Ben Solak from the Draft Network and, of course, the Locked On Podcast Network's own Locked On NFL Draft. He does an absolutely awesome job. Um, You might have seen him on the Mina Kime show. You might have seen him referred to by Peter Schrager as uh, a guy who does a lot of the analytics. Uh, He has broken down the quarterbacks in depth. Uh, We are not going to talk about this class of quarterbacks, though. We may talk about quarterbacks in general uh, when he comes on. I want to start, though, by spoiling the Ultimate Mock Draft. Why am I going to do that? Well, (laughs) I'm going to do that because we are just not going to have a ton of time next week. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 finishes up on Monday when you will learn who I picked for the Green Bay Packers. And one of the reasons why I want to talk about it here is because I was asked for um, a doomsday mock draft. All right. Someone said, hey, can you can you put together a worst case scenario for the Packers? And is the worst case scenario by any means. But it is certainly not the scenario that I think a lot of Packer fans would like to be in. So I, I did I did hint at it a little bit. When you look at the board for Green Bay in this mock, Caleb Farley goes off the board at 16 to the Cardinals. You get Christian Darrisaw at 17. He goes off the board. Rashad Bateman goes off the board at 20. Greg Newsome II goes off the board at 22. Terrace Marshall Jr. goes off at 23. Eric Stokes goes off the board at 26. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa goes off the board at 27. So the consensus top corners are gone. So I'm now sitting here going, okay, Trayvon Merrick, Tevin Jenkins, Liam Meikenberg. Those are those are basically the kinds of or or, or Asante Samuel Jr. And maybe I should have more strongly considered Asante Samuel Jr. in this case. Uh, Maybe I should have more strongly considered Tevin Jenkins in this case. But you can look at how the board broke and you can make this the sort of nightmare scenario. You can say, okay, the Pittsburgh Steelers, instead of taking Travis Etienne as Locked On Steelers did in this mock, they take Tevin Jenkins. And now, really, your options are Trayvon Merrick and Or Asante Samuel Jr. Now, to me, those are still good options. Uh, the, the the reason I didn't think doing a, a podcast on the nightmare scenario made any sense is because it's tough to envision one of those in terms of how the board could fall. Because if a bunch of the cornerbacks go off the board, there are going to be tackles to take. If a The corners and the tackles all go off the board. Maybe you have Trey Merrick. Maybe you have a receiver to take. Maybe Christian Barmore falls and and you feel like taking the only potential impact defensive lineman really in the top 100 picks. True impact. Guy that has the potential, the physical tools and upside to be a true, meaningful interior defensive lineman. Remember, there are like six or seven of those in the whole league. Interior defenders who matter. Green Bay already has one. So the board is not the enemy. The board is not the enemy in this case. Now, last year, the board was the enemy because the offensive tackle situation in the draft was a disaster. There was just no one. It was a wasteland. And, you know, I was talking to Tex Western, my editor at SB Nation, like, There were only a handful of athletic qualifiers at offensive tackle last year. And this year, there's like 20 guys. And it's the same at corner. It's the same at receiver. There are so many guys at these positions where we think Green Bay is going to allocate resources that I, I think what you're going to see is Green Bay really lean into that. Now, back to who I picked. Trey Merrick no he doesn't play corner no he can't block anybody and no he can't catch passes well he could he has really good ball skills. I look at Trey as someone who is a de facto corner for you because of the coverage skills that he has you know if you believe the agility times that came out of the Exos combine you know he was he had better agilities than Jair Alexander at six to 200 pounds which is just crazy. And you can see it on tape. The fluidity on tape is there. Now, he ran 451, said his back was sore. Okay, we can believe him, but on tape, he doesn't look fast fast. He doesn't look fast fast. He's fast enough, and his fluidity and stickiness and coverage makes up for true speed deficiencies. He's not he's not a post safety. He's not someone that you're just going to stick in the middle of the field and play center field for you. He's not Earl Thomas. He's not Jesse Bates. Those guys are rare. And guess what? Green Bay is going to play a ton of two high safety looks. They're going to play split safeties on every single snap with five seconds to go in the play clock or right before they think that the ball is going to be snapped. They're not going to play two deep safeties every play, but it's going to look like two deep safeties every play. And so if you add a third piece who can become a versatile overhang defender or who makes it easier for Adrian Amos to spin down into the box or Darnell Savage to spin down into the box. You have so many coverage options, so many ways that you can disguise what you want to do, and you have an X-factor cover player. So Kevin King, you know, he's probably going to win the the, the boundary corner job against a rookie, even a first-round pick, but... Trey Merrick could come in right away and be your dedicated slot defender. And you could play big nickel a bunch and make up for the fact that you're going to play a lot of light boxes and light fronts by having that nickel defender be a legit safety who will come up and tackle. He's big enough to play tight ends, he's fast enough and shifty enough to stick with running backs. His ability to cover in space, both in man and zone, would make the Packers immediately a better defense. And I really like the position that they would be in there. This is why it's almost a no-lose situation for them. Now, the cynical van is going to say, well, but they'll find a way. They'll find a way because of Jordan Love or whatever, forgetting that Well, you know, three years ago, they traded down, got an extra first round pick and moved back up to get an all pro caliber player. And the next year they traded up to get Darnell Savage, who has all pro caliber talent. And we saw in the second half of this season is a damn good playmaker. So. We can complain about the Jordan Love pick and the 2020 draft, even though A.J. Dillon and Josiah DeGuar are going to be a huge part of this offense, potentially John Runyon Jr. or Kamel Martin. Did they extract maximum positional value? No. But in some ways, this draft is almost dummy proof. Not that the Packers are dummies, but just that there isn't interior defensive line value. And, And the league seems to agree. So they're probably not going to take an interior defender in the first. This is not a group of linebackers that suits Green Bay's profiles. They're just not athletic enough. You know, I think they were interested in Patrick Queen and, and Troy Dye and Kenneth Murray last year because those guys were plus plus athletes. This group is not that except for Jamin Davis. So could they do that in the first round? Yeah, they could. I I I would doubt it. I doubt it. So we're talking about tackles, we're talking about receivers, we're talking about corners. That's that that's the, the, the early part of this draft. Now, could there be a defensive lineman sprinkled in there? Sure. Could there be a linebacker or a safety sprinkled in there? Sure. Yeah. There are players we're taking in those spots. There are. But I think when Green Bay ultimately looks at it, this board, there are a lot of options for them. And I wrote about it for Packer Report today. There are trade-up options that I like, go up. To get Greg Newsom, there are trade options down that I like. Trade down to get one of these tackles, the, the Liam Eikenbergs, the Dylan Raidens, the Sam Cosmes of the world. Trade down to get Asante Samuel Jr., as we talked about yesterday on the show. There are so many opportunities to find value in this draft that Green Bay would really have to try hard to miss those opportunities. Now, they still could. You still have to go out and do it. You know, it's like, it's like playing a bad team. You still have to go out and actually beat them. So Green Bay still has to go out and actually execute a game plan here. But I, I think that the way that it sets up the shape of this draft is really advantageous for Green Bay. We're going to get to Ben in just a second, but before we do, we're going to talk about our friends over at BlueNile.com and their new 1010 capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. This is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy to that special person in your life. They only use diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, and these were designed by 10 female design masters each producing a uniquely beautiful ring. Great for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light to the life of that special person. They're available now through Mother's Day only on bluenile.com. Just search for the words 10 by 10. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that that special person will treasure forever, you're going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so go find them now by searching the words 10 by
0: 10 America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit Dave'sKillerBread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. This year, the Lockdown
1: Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Lockdown's local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Lockdown NFL's YouTube page to watch live three day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. All right, let's get to Ben Solak. You can find him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak, S O L A K. You can find him, he is the host the co-host. We already had the other host, Trevor Sykema of Lockdown NFL Draft. Now his co-host or the other way around, however you want to do it. <laughs> he is also a contributor at the Draft Network, which is also a partner of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Ben, thanks for coming on Lockdown Packers. We are less than a week away from the NFL Draft. Now, are you sick of talking about
2: it yet? No, I wouldn't like, you know, I, I'll i put it to this way. I'm sick of the players, but people come up with good questions. You know what I mean? Like there's a, a like you, any radio spot you do, any podcast you do, somebody's got like a different perspective, a different angle. And that makes, it, it's nice. It helps you think about these guys in different ways. So, yeah, I mean, like I, I at this point, I've talked enough about Justin Fields for the rest of my life. But... <laughs> everybody like we still there's still stuff to figure out there's still angles to be considered and uh, that makes me happy so i want to tie in
1: that conversation but i'm not going to ask you about justin fields because theoretically although we've been wrong about these things before theoretically green bay is not going to be in a position to take justin fields Ah, famous last words (laughs) exactly but They did take a quarterback last year, Ben. I don't know if you knew that little under discussed topic over the last year that the Packers actually took a quarterback Sure. where, where would Jordan love if we just magically transported him from last year as a prospect? So we have to take that 2019. If we just transported him into this class, where would he fit in
2: with these guys that are being discussed as first round picks? He's definitely after my top four, which is, uh, Lawrence Fields, Wilson, Lance, and I'm 95% sure I'd have him below Mac and I'm double. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I would have him below Mac as well. Who I don't have Mac as a first round grade. I didn't have Jordan Love as a first round grade. Uh, Love was viewed as a project quarterback and was drafted as a project quarterback. Uh, you know, Jordan Love was was coming into that draft. It was a question of, will he make it into the first round if he does? How early? So on and so forth. Uh, but everybody knew that he was going to be a, a developmental arc sort of a player. And whereas Mac Jones, obviously, completely different conversation, not so much a developmental arc player as he is a, what can he give you right now? Can he elevate a ready offense to playoff levels? So on and so forth. Uh, so the, the, the arcs are a little bit different. That means the scope's a little different. Like, obviously, if... It were Mac in last year's class. I don't think the Packers make that pick because Mac isn't a guy with a high ceiling of development, whereas Love is a guy you want to get in the building, give him time, and let him grow. Uh, and so I would have had him outside of those top five. Uh, I think that given the strength of this quarterback class after the top five, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, he very clearly would have been QB six. Whether or not he was going to be a first-round pick still under those conditions, I'm not too sure about that. And of course, this is the time of year where we start to hear, oh,
1: hey, Kyle Trask could be a first round guy. Oh, hey, Kellen Mond, he could sneak mm-hmm. into the first. Oh, hey, Davis Mills, he could sneak into the first. And that's sort of what happened here with Jordan Love. So I came on your show and we talked about your Locked On NFL Draft mock draft. We also had the ultimate mock draft as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And for your draft, I took Rashad Bateman for the Packers. For the ultimate mock draft, I took Trayvon Merig just just sort of setting those as juxtaposition pieces. You're talking about a secondary piece to improve a passing defense. You're talking about a pass-catching weapon for this Packers offense. Which of those approaches would you theoretically like better for Green Bay? Hmm. I didn't have I, the option to take Bateman when I took Merrick, and I didn't have the option to take Merrick when I took Bateman. Interestingly,
2: and that's how the draft goes. I uh, I really really like both players. Both I would I would stamp with the my guy stamp here with Rashad Bateman and Trevon Merrick have been for a while. Uh, I think I would. St- I would prefer the Bateman approach. Uh, I understand what you've got and you're happy with what you've got in Alan Lazard. Uh, I think that, you know, Marquez Valde scaling for as volatile and mercurial as he is, is a good player to have in a wide receiver three mold. Cause of the big play ability. uh, Bateman gives you three level impact. Can f- line up in any alignment can block can create after the catch with toughness can win contested catch. He's just very well-rounded. He's very pro ready. Uh, in the event of a Devontae Adams injury, God forbid, good player to have on the roster. Because with Lazard and with Marcus valdez you have role players. Even you put Bobby Tanyan, Bobby Tanyan, excuse me. Tanyan? Tanyan. I, Tanyan. I can never... <laughs> so it's Tanyan. I, I always... Well, like Tanyan. Yes, I always said it wrong And now I've been saying Tanyan, which is correct enough that now I think that it's wrong because I can only remember myself saying (laughs) Tanyan, talking myself out of it. But these are all role players. Uh, So I think that Bateman gives you more versatility. More ability to hide Adams' different alignments, different routes. And then obviously gives you Adams' uh, injury insurance. What I would say is, uh, I like taking Bateman. I think it's good. I think that the Packers should consider investing decently highly in a jet sweep-like player. Tyler Irvin, Tavon Austin filled this role for them last year. That motion player was very important to them. They're very heavy jet motion, a cross-motion team. And that's good. But you do want that guy to be a legitimate threat to just take a touch pass and get a decent gain, because that's how you keep defenses respecting it. I'm not sure they have that player right now. And so I like drafting Bateman, but I would still be wanting to add the Dimitri Felton's and Amari Rogers's of the world because I want a player who's a threat with the ball in his hands behind the line of scrimmage. Not sure that Bateman brings that to my wide receiver room.
1: Is there someone you think that that mixes the value of getting someone who could actually Take that, that burden if you needed him to and could do those kinds of things. I'm
2: thinking of players like Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, mm-hmm. for example. Right. So Rondell Moore is the one who sticks out because I trust Rondell more as a ball and hand player right now than Elijah Moore. Moore's obviously, uh, I, I can't say more. Elijah's obviously uh, <laughs> quite good there, but I think Rondell very clearly has uh, the on field vision, the explosiveness traits. We've actually seen Rondell return more, th- more than Elijah Moore, I believe, as well. I'm n- not positive on that now that I've said it, actually, but I know that I like Rondell more with the ball in his hands. More than I like Elijah Moore. Uh, the other player here is Kadarius Tony, yeah. which is a big swing. Uh, that's a big swing because Tony, I think, is a route runner right now, isn't as much what you want for year one impact. But we've seen him get more downfield targets than we saw Rondale Moore. The big gap on Rondale Moore's evaluation is the lack of downfield looks. Uh, and so, there's the the short answer is Jalen Waddle. We can't get him. Uh, and so after that, it's incomplete players. And it's kind of gonna be what what's your flavor? What do you want? What do you like? I personally think Rondale Moore is the ideal guy just because of Roger's propensity for being able to get rid of the ball and the field stretching ability already on the roster. Marcus Valdiscantling, Alan Lazard, Bobby Tunyon. That group already gives you so much downfield ability that you can take a very shallow depth of target player like Rondale Moore decently early and feel confident in it. I'm not sure where Rondale Moore ends up because he has some health issues. He's only five seven. And so, like, could he make it to the Packers? In round two, it's not outside the realm of possibility. He is a very widespread right now. So there's a conversation there.
1: When you look at where the Packers draft at the end of the first and where the Eagles draft at the top of the second, I'm going to make you switch hats here and put on the green mm-hmm. one. Is there a player or two where you're looking at 29 going, Green Bay, please don't take this guy? Because the reason I'm asking actually is because last year for me, it was Jalen Rager and guess what? Philly
2: took him. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's Asante Samuels. One immediately jumps out to mind. Uh, Asante Samuels discount Jair Alexander. a similar demeanor confidence a little yep. bluster uh similar ball skills cleverness instinct eyes not the same size and then just similar quickness and explosiveness but obviously the same as a little bit smaller and so it's not the same explosiveness at density as jair has and so samuel's a really nice running mate to jair you feel confident if you have to live in man with both guys and then when you're able to line in zone that's a really dangerous group uh, i would imagine green bay is going to be interested in samuel in that, they brought Kevin King back. They don't have to prioritize size if they don't want to, because if you're going up against a skyscraper outside receiver, you can put Kevin King out there and you can play Asante Samuel on the slot. So uh, he, to me, makes sense for the Packers. Uh, I know he doesn't really get talked about as a round one player. I think he's a fringe round one player. He'd be very good for the Eagles, so they'd like him in that regard. And then the entire wide receiver room is available to the Eagles because they have, unlike Green Bay, no talent at this time uh, so they can take any body type any role uh, so when you're watching Green Bay if they do make a Rashad Bateman pick or if they do make a Kadarius Tony pick those will be players the Eagles had on their boards and will unfortunately lose so wide receiver every wide receiver that goes before 37 will suck for the Eagles um, but Asante Samuels the guy who immediately pops to mind as a corner I'm hoping makes it that Green Bay could be in jeopardy of taking
1: also a lot of people could just reuse their jerseys that would, there would be the upside there
2: Oh, right. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, they could. A lot of people are probably still holding on to the jerseys. The, the quality of jersey has changed, but you can still hold on to them.
1: <laughs> so with the Packers, uh, the, the positions that this draft is deep with, and, and I would say the consensus is it's a, it's a good corner class. It's a pretty good receiver class, and, and there's some nice depth along the offensive line. It is not so deep. In fact, one GM called it one of the worst defensive tackle classes he's ever seen. Um, The the Packers could use some help there. Are there some guys in the middle round, some early guys even, that you think, hey, plug that guy in, let him, you know, let Kenny Clark two gap and let this guy one gap next to him. and, And that could be a really nice group.
2: Short answers, no. Just not a good group. I'm a, I uh, I was on with Underdog Fantasy and Josh Norris, and he asked a bunch of us for our, big, our hottest NFL draft take that we're comfortable saying out loud. <laughs> and mine was there's just not going to be a good defensive tackle from this group. Uh, it's a lot of bets it's a lot of big swings at the plate uh so you're christian barmore out of alabama you're Davian nixon out of iowa who comes to mind is that put him next to kenny clark let him penetrate player uh you know nixon's a juco uh jump up to the iowa level good athlete can dunk and so he's got a lot of the signs of a good developmental arc and you watch him play he just runs super hot and cold and mm-hmm. so there's he's gonna be on a snap count early and he's gotta develop before he can take a significant number of snaps. Uh Levon Wazarike out of Washington can be a very good penetration player, but he was a one gapping nose, like two hundred and ninety pounds uh for Washington. He's got a re-slap together his body in my opinion i think he's going to be best more so in a mike Petton, you know three four end sort of a role so like what dean lowry would it would do under Pettin, like that's mm-hmm. more so what you'd want on, on Wizarike as opposed to a true penetrating b gap player so there are some early names that y- you can swing on if you want but i i'm not I, i'm not sure what the prices are going to be on these guys and i'm i, I don't know if I want to be in that group, I'd much rather wait to day three. If I can get myself an Aline McNeil out of NC State, I'm down for that. Uh he can two gap for you, but I think that he has upside as a penetration player. Osa Digazua, again, uh, more of a three four N he's he's two eighty, 280, two eighty five. Great penetration player. So I like that. Bobby Brown out of Texas AM, X five star recruit, good jump, six four, three twenty, big boy can two gap, and then also I think can play penetrate. Those are players that I'd rather target on day three, because that's where I want to take my swings, as opposed to some of these day two players who just, uh, I mean, it might be good. I might like them, but I'd rather somebody else take that chance. I'll spend my my premium picks on on, on more certain players.
1: So this is this is something that I that I look at. Um, I, really, I spend the whole offseason trying to identify a player or a handful of players who fit this mold the player who maximally improves this roster so that we're talking about positional value. We're talking about draft grade. We're talking about um, not just year one impact, but, but you know, on the rookie contract, is there a name that jumps out where you go, okay, if they get this guy, that is, that is the best case scenario for them to improve their roster. If we're including only, you know, the, the reasonable players who could be there, like, okay, Kyle Pitts, but like, look, he's not going to be there.
2: Caleb Farley. Uh, and it's cheating because I don't know if it's reasonable that Caleb Farley is going to be there. because I don't have Caleb Farley's medical sheet in front of me. Uh, Farley corner out of Virginia Tech was going to be in contention to be the first corner off the board. Uh, had another back surgery this offseason. He didn't play in 2020, so it's not like he reaggravated during game. He you know, obviously did during training, but he's now had multiple back surgeries in the last two years. Uh, and the health concerns with him, especially when it comes to a back, uh, can be, all right, he's just going to be a one-contract player, which is tricky. It's very difficult to value that player correctly. I don't know where the situation is. We don't know where the league is. You still see him in a lot of first-round mocks from plugged-in guys, so I do think he's a round-one player. But Some teams will have him on the board, and some teams simply will not. If the Packers do, I brought up how Samuel's a really good zone, eyes, instincts player. Farley playing off-man and off-cover zone at Virginia Tech. High-caliber player. Unbelievable click and close for a 6'2", 205 guy. Speed and quickness at his size is just stupid. The concern with Asante Samuel is that he may not have the height you want to match up against NFL receivers. Caleb Farley does. So we're talking about a, a high ceiling as a press man corner, something he didn't do a ton of at Virginia Tech, with already a comfort playing off man and zone, something that we expect a lot from the Green Bay defense with the way it's currently constructed and and try to prognosticate how Joe Barry is going to approach things. So Farley, if healthy, home run, send it, send it home. That's that's the dream. Uh, position value as well. I don't think they have a long-term corner two there, so it checks all the boxes. He's just got to be healthy, and that's what it usually is when, when you look at some of the best draft picks. It's guys who fell because of health concerns who were able to stay healthy when they were in the league.
1: The only other thing that I wanted to ask you about was, you know, when I had your your co-host over on Locked On NFL Draft, Trevor Sycamon, he mentioned that you know when you look at the Packers roster and and some of the long term concerns and and where we usually find players at that position that that he would given the given the option take a tackle versus a corner um, for the Packers. Is there a name you like for Green Bay at twenty nine at that position? And do you think? Do you agree mm-hmm. with him? Do you think that's that would be um, you know perhaps the, the the prudent choice there?
2: Yes to the name. I think Tevin Jenkins might make it there. Yeah. Uh, the league apparently views Tevin as like a right tackle exclusive, which is a uh, to Ben Standig from the Athletic. I think he had that report. <laughs> and that's just just to say you never played left in college and they want him to play on the right side, and they don't think he necessarily has the athleticism to be a quote-unquote left tackle. Although, obviously, as we know, right tackles are just about as valuable as left tackles at this point in the NFL. Uh, for a wide zone, split zone team, Tevin's going to be awesome. He's a total road grader. Aaron Jones is going to live behind Tevin Jenkins. Uh, it's going to be a great, great situation. I think he's a pro-ready pass protector. I like the power with which he plays. Uh, I think that he's functionally quick, so it's not going to be you know, unbelievable David Bakhtiari dancing bear nonsense is going to get the job done. Billy Turner's acceptable, but we can improve there. (laughs) Tackle over corner. I mean, obviously the cheating thing is it depends on the board, but I like in general what the Packers have on their offensive line, even with the losses of Lindsley and Bulaga over the past couple of seasons. I think they can reasonably get away with it. Uh, anybody who watched the NFC Championship game knows what corner two did to the Packers. Uh, and so I do think that, If I was making a list agnostic of all information, who's on the board, I would want to get my corner spot figured out quicker than my tackle spot, especially because for me personally, I'm not as big on this corner class as other guys are. Uh, I think I can get a better tackle than corner on day two, round two, round three.
1: Awesome. Ben, let my listeners know where they can find all of the stuff that you are doing because it's a lot.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, no, we're at uh at Benjamin Solak. S O L A K is the spot on Twitter. Uh and all the draft coverage will be with the draft network at the draft network on all the socials. We'll be live all draft week. Uh it's gonna be Monday, to Saturday, wall to wall coverage. So we're excited about that. Uh, as long as you're following along with the crew, following along on socials, you'll see where we are. More news to come this weekend. We're pretty excited.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Ben. This is great.
2: I appreciate it, Peter. You have a good one, man. You too. Take care now. All right, I want to thank
1: Ben for joining the show. Always great to talk to him. Um, really, really thoughtful guy. Really smart guy. That that podcast. If you're not listening to that show, you're missing out. Go go listen. Just at least listen to like the last week when we we did the mock draft. I was on there this week um, just to just to listen to those guys because they're really smart. They think about the draft in really smart ways, and and I think they they really know what they're talking about when it comes to these player evaluations. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. For a limited time, the winner of our Built Bracket, Coconut Brownie Chunk is back. Get it before it sells out. It will sell out. This is this is game-changing stuff. I was blown away the first time I had the Coconut Brownie Chunk. It is Unbelievable. It rivals most candy bars, and yet these bars are soft, they're easy to chew, and they're good if you care about your health because they're low-calorie, they're low-sugar, they're high-protein, they're high-fiber. They're actually delicious. I cannot stress this enough. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, all caps, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15. For 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV, and they've got you covered with player props on anything you can imagine prop wise head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on that's right you put money in use that promo code locked on and they will match that first deposit up to 50 percent when you use the promo code locked on bet online you're online sportsbook experts Plus, don't forget about the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. It's happening now, featuring analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your new home for all the sports, podcast, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, we are going to be back on Monday. Final thoughts as we head into the NFL Draft 2021. Thursday night, we are going to go live on Twitter. Friday night, we are going to go live on Twitter. We are going to have some fun. Um, Those will be live podcasts. They will be in your feed the next day, breaking down the picks. Um, I'm, I'm. Hoping that the Packers make a pick on Thursday, uh, that is not a guarantee by any means, especially when you pick at 29, uh, you only have to trade down a couple spots to be out of the mix. So uh, we will be live on Twitter for that. Come over, have some fun. Uh, Periscope is no more. So uh, we we have to do it on Twitter. We get to do it on Twitter. We get, to, we get to hang out and talk about the draft, talk about the Packers. What a wonderful thing that is. It's not a chore. We get to do it. We get to do it, so let's do it and let's have some fun. Follow me on Twitter so you don't miss it. Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. We will, of course, retweet the link from there just in case you miss it from my feed. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. We have been having some issues with iTunes. It is not our issue. It is their issue. So if you're not seeing Locked On Packers populate in your feed, just check a different platform. It's on Spotify. It's on Google Podcasts. I've been doing uh, with my Google Home. I've been and I've been saying play the podcasts that I want to listen to, and they come up. I checked Locked on Packers. I checked Locked On today, which if you haven't listened to, go check that out. It is hopefully something that's going to be fixed very, very soon. It is an Apple issue, not our issue. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, I have a feeling you will want to do that next week. You can do that at 920-341-3775. To stay Locked On Packers.